Since 2002, Empowerment Resources, Inc., a nonprofit organization, has empowered more than 1,500 youth and adults in Duval and surrounding counties. Through its programs, Journey into Womanhood, Girls Mentoring, Life Skills for Teens, and Parenting Education Coaching. To get involved with programs, volunteer, or donate, visit www.empowermentresourcesinc.org. Follow us on social media, facebook.com forward slash empowerment.resources and instagram.com forward slash empowermentjax. Q Time is our classic Atlanta soul food restaurant located in the historic West End. Q Time Soul Food is a family business started by Fred and Christine Crenshaw. Come on in, relax, and sink your chops into our tantalizing, mouth-watering, distinctive soul food with a twist, the Q Time Way. 1120 Ralph David Abernathy Boulevard, or call your order in at 404-758-2881. Do you miss your mama's cooking? Then come on down to Q Time, an Urban Passport member. Good morning to everyone and welcome once again to another edition of the Coles Brown Show. Watch exclusively right here on the Black College Sports Network. Yours truly here, Carlos Brown. Coming up on today's show, the guest menu looks like this. Charles Edmond will join me shortly. He'll be a special co-host for today's edition of the Coles Brown Show. And then following uh, Charles Edmond will be the coach. He returns, Coach Van Petaway, former men's basketball coach at Alabama A&M. He'll join me in hour number one. And then hour number two, Brandon B.J. Jones of Inside HBCU Football will join me talking all things Southwestern Athletic Conference and HBCU football. That's the guest menu for today. Let's start off with uh, last week's ball game. Southern University had an opportunity to get an out-of-conference win against McNeese State. Played well for about two quarters, but you got to play a whole four quarters, a complete ball game for the Jaguars. They were not able to do that, and they fall uh, to one and two on the season overall against McNeese State, 31-24. to 24. Now, to say just quite simply, Disappointing. Disappointing. You're winning at halftime, 21 to 10. You had outstanding quarterback play in the first half. You're running the football, and Southern is built to run the football. The O-line has to be the biggest asset, the best unit on this 2021 football team. They were getting things done. And then in the second half, McNeese State quite simply said, in which I think will be the case going forward. 
if I take away what Southern University does best, and that's running the football, and they stack the box. Here's what they want to do. They want to see if Southern University can consistently win games. If I take away your best option, that's running the football, can you defeat us passing the ball? And in the third quarter, a huge interception by McNeese. Skelton throws the interception. Momentum sucks right out of, of Southern University. And McNeese comes down and score. And now you've got a ball game. So we'll look at some of the integral parts that happen in this uh, football game. We'll get your uh, opinions on uh, Southern University and McNeese. But to say the least, the, the word I would use is, is disappointing. It was very disappointing. Let me see if I can have Charles Edmund to join me now. Charles, good morning. Welcome to the Coles Brown Show. Good morning, Carlos. How are you on this Saturday? Well, I, I, I'm doing fine. I'm, I'm, I'm feeling better. Although, you go back to last week against McNeese State, and, and as I stated, it was an opportunity to win that non-conference game. Alcorn was able to do it against uh, Northwestern State. And these are the games that really are, are benchmark games. So it was very disappointing that Southern could not finish. And they lose to McNeese State 31 to 24, Charles. So 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 very disappointing. That that that's the word I'm using, disappointing. Yeah, you would have been, I think you'd be feeling a lot better if they had won that game last week, you know, considering the Braves beat Northwestern State. And, you know, we were hoping that Southern would be able to, to get it done against McNeese. I was following the scores as it went along, and Southern had a lead and just couldn't couldn't hold it. And, you know, they're playing two quarterbacks these days with McDaniels, Willis, Skelton. We know what coaches say about that. And, Carlos, you and I have had many a conversation. I, you know, I'm a Skelton fan, and I know he's had his ups and his downs, and what I've seen with my own four eyes has been quite impressive. But then there's some other stuff going on in which he has not been quite as effective, maybe not physically, but maybe mentally. Maybe he's just not in it all the time. His head's not in the game all the time. So you have to do what you have to do to find someone that can get it done. And clearly McDaniel, Skelton, Skelton, McDaniel, McDaniel or Skelton, uh, I think uh, – you know, there's there's got to be some discussions had. Now, can you piece it together with two quarterbacks? Sure you can. But I think is that the long-term solution once you get into the grind of it, when you're playing the all-corns of the world and the previews of the world, you're going to have to find a guy and stick with the guy and hope he gets it done. And I, I think that's that's an issue that, uh, that Coach Rollins has to deal with going forward. And if he doesn't fix it, I think in the big games in this conference, as tough as it is, it could come back and haunt Southern in the end. And let's look at, as a starter, he has an impressive record. And by the way, who does Coach Rollins start tomorrow against Mississippi Valley State? You know, you, you're hearing some things that it, it may be McDaniels. It it could be Skelton. But, 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 but here's the thing. Against teams that are equal – to some university are better. It just seems that there's been a struggle. I mean, I've made some notes. I mean, targeting penalties, uh, penalties, untimely turnovers, 
leadership has been discussed. Who are the who are the true leaders? And a leader doesn't necessarily have to be a senior. It could be a junior. It could be a sophomore. So, and we always talk about expectations. And I think every institution in in, in this conference that that play has a sports program, they have expectations. And once again, here was an opportunity to really have a, uh, if I can say it this way, Charles, a, a a diamond in the portfolio that you won an out-of-conference game. And, and it, it was an in-state school in McNeese State. And, and Coach Wilson pretty much at halftime went in and, and, and chewed his team out. Say that we got to put our big boy pants on. This is We're in a ball game. We've got to come out. And they came out and they were able to take away what Southern likes to do. They made adjustments. The run game. And, and once again, can Southern University, that's a big question out there, can they consistently beat teams if they take away option one? That's running the football. So we'll, we'll see. If you look at the statistical story, uh, Charles, um, McNeese State, 263 total yards. That's a big improvement from miles the week before. Southern outgained um, McNeese State everywhere except the scoreboard. So we'll, we'll see going forward, starting tomorrow, a rare Sunday game. Who's going to be starting at quarterback? Kansas Southern University. And I think last week um, we had a listener that said, can Southern play a clean game? No penalties, or very few penalties. And can they put together a complete football game? Southern hasn't really done that. No, they haven't really. No, they haven't done it. Miles, they made adjustments, third and fourth quarter. First and second quarter against McNeese, third, fourth quarter, not so well. So, Charles, that's that that that's the question. All questions. Yes, I mean, it is. I mean, you – you're playing Mississippi Valley tomorrow. You have an extra day to get ready. My guess is that Southern's going to play two quarterbacks tomorrow. Um, yeah, we'll talk about the predictions. You know, I think Southern is probably the more talented team, and they should win the game if they don't play around with it, as as the phrase goes. And when I say that, meaning you play around with it, you keep a team in the game. If you fumble around and penalties and the stuff that you talked about, if you let Valley hang around, then you're opening yourself up to to get beat. So I, I think that's something that uh, you know clearly that they got to play a good game, a sound game. I I just think that you've got to find a quarterback and stick with it. I mean, I think it's you know you can rotate in and out, but at some point someone's got to take that mantle and run with it as the starting quarterback. And I'm gonna go back to the McNeese game last week. I think we previewed it a couple of weeks ago. You know, a game like Southern and McNeese, Southern Southeastern. Those games are big for a lot of other reasons. Recruiting, you know, you got two schools 130 miles apart down I-10 and in, in uh, Lake Charles and Baton Rouge. They're they're going after the same players in the same areas. So when you're playing a team like McNeese and you win that game, then you have sort of a leg up on the recruiting wars. Um, when you lose that game, that game could come back and and get you in terms of the recruiting wars as well. I think that's why, in my opinion, you know this better than me when it comes to Southern, and I've always said it should be automatic that Southern and Southeast Louisiana should play in football. But I understand from the other intangibles why they don't play, 
because I think two schools 30 miles apart, it, it impacts recruiting. If you lose that game, it helps you recruiting if you win that game, especially when you're going after the same kids. And of course, you're in the same area. So, I mean, so the intangibles of the McNeese game, I mean, it's not going to take away from the fact that you can still win the division and still win the championship. But in terms of the other stuff, the intangibles, it does hurt you when you don't win that game, especially when you've had a lead and you let it slip away. So it stings. It hurts. You got to clean some stuff up, but I, you would rather have it happen against McNeese than against Mississippi Valley, you know, because that's that's conference. That's what everyone's talking about, and and that could impact you long term. Yeah, their Southern University goals are still in front of them. You know, uh, win the Western Division, get into the championship game, and then uh, a goal would be to win the, win win the championship. Now, if I can, Charles, I'm gonna go back to the quarter quarterback situation. I, I, I'm not a coach. We all know this, right? <laughs> but you know what? If it was me, and, and, and then there's some things that uh, you saw on, on the sideline. Uh, Skelton's a graduate student. He's got his degree. Attitude reflects leadership. Leadership reflects attitude. Some things, and I understand that, you know, if you get, you get pulled out of the game, you're still a team player. You rally the troops. You go to the quarterback that is in the game at McDaniels, and you're encouraging to him. And you, you just got to have the right attitude. And, and you're you're an, you're an advanced student now. You've got a degree. You've been in the program some years now. You you you've got to clean up the attitude. And if you hadn't done it by now, it's different if you were a freshman. So I said all of that to say this. If I'm the coach of Southern University and I'm not the coach, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to play two quarterbacks tomorrow. I'm going to start, and I would start McDaniels. And look, by the way, Skelton had a tremendous first half, a tre- tremendous first half. Probably not 100% physically, but from a mental standpoint, you still got to be focused in, in, into the game. If you get replaced, sometimes you may be taken out of the game for, for a series or two to kind of maybe see some things and we talk to, to you. But you got to have the right attitude. You got to support your teammates. I would go with McDaniels to start tomorrow. But, of course, I'm not the coach. And, <laughs> if, and if McDaniels plays well, it's, it's no disrespect to Valley, but it's all about Southern University right now. What they need to do, it's about them. You still have the goals in front of you. McDaniels will get the start. Now, because I've said that, it may be scheduled tomorrow. We'll see at a little bit after uh, uh, 2 p.m. But I'm going to take a time out now, Charles. We'll come back. We'll kind of look at the statistical story. It, it, it paints a picture. And then, by the way, speaking of finishing, Alcorn State Thursday night, I'm sure you'll be able to tell us about that. Uh, you, you know what? I'll share this quickly. I, I fell asleep late in the ball game, but Pine Bluff had it under control. And, and when I woke up about 30 minutes after the game was over, what? Alcorn came back. I can say never underestimate the heart of a champion. I also think of Alcorn was very fortunate. Some luck. All of that, UAPB, Western Division champs in the spring, 
felt disrespected. This was their opportunity. And boy, Doc gambled. He gambled. Oh boy, he gambled in the game. And hey, when you do that, you're a genius if it works. If not, you're considered a dumb person that made a dumb move. But we'll get into that in SWAC conference games for today, last week's game. And then also, Charles, the Pac-12 and the SWAC have an agreement. We'll talk about that. And Coach Petaway will join us with his perspective on that. So we'll take a timeout. You're watching the Coles Brown Show on the Black College Sports Network. We'll be right back. Are you hungry for authentic Caribbean food? Like jerk, chicken, oxtail, red snapper, shrimp, tofu, and rasta pasta? Well, find your way over to Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, 180 Auburn Avenue, right next to Royal Pika. In downtown Atlanta. Mango's Caribbean Restaurant. Open daily from 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. And on Friday and Saturday, we're open till 4 a.m. Come to Mango's and put some spice in your life. Oh, we've got a Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, 180 Auburn Avenue, right next to Royal Peacock. In downtown Atlanta. For more info or directions, call 404-698-3992. Or log on to mangoscaribbeanrestaurant.com. For instant coupons, text M-A-N-G-O-S to 313131. Mango's Caribbean Restaurant. Authentic Caribbean cuisine. Welcome back to this week's edition of the Coles Brown Show. Heard and watch exclusively right here on the Black College Sports Network. I'm joined by Charles Edmonds, special co-host, and uh, we're going to agree sometimes. We're going to disagree, and boy, I, I mean, me, me and Charles with Skelton, he has stated Skelton is his, he's a Skelton fan. I'm a Southern fan. I'm a Southern <laughs> alum. Skelton has all of the physical talent in the world. No doubt about it. Charles is just attitude sometimes and the mental approach to 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 the football game or football games um but we'll see who's going to start sunday it is an important game because one charles is the next game for southern university and it is a conference game so with that being said 31 to 24 
McNeese defeats Southern University. Just kind of give you some, some numbers. Uh, net yards rushing from McNeese, 156. Southern University, uh, 148. Southern attempted 41 rushes. McNeese, 43. See how the stats kind of are very close. Uh, net yards passed and Southern, 207. McNeese, 107. Total offensive yards, McNeese, 263. On 65 plays, Southern University, 355 on 62 plays. So Southern University won the statistical story. They won the stats. They, they played a great first half. They didn't play four complete quarters, a disappointing loss. But defensively, they were able to limit McNeese to that many yards, 200 and uh, 63. And then, Charles, if you look, Cody Ogeron, if you'd have told me he would have been 7 of 16 for 75 yards, sacked twice, I would have told you I was confident that Southern University would come out uh, with the victory. But those, those were some of the important numbers Time of possession, Southern 29 minutes and 47 seconds. McNeese, 29 minutes and 16 seconds. Third down conversion. I know you like that, Charles. Uh, Southern 5 of 13. McNeese, 7 of 16. And then penalties. Wow. Southern, 8 penalties for 72 yards. McNeese, 6 for 38. So penalties, uh, being disciplined playing a complete ball game, four quarters. And then, by the way, McNeese started off with a bang. As soon as you were in your seat, Mason Pierce, a 100-yard kickoff return. And you're thinking, wow, could it be one of those uh, games? And then Southern puts up 14 points in the first quarter, seven in the second, 21 points, outscored 21-3 to three in the second half. Charles, that's in essence was a ball game. Yeah, I mean it's a, it's a four quarter game when you're playing on the road. Just the little things uh, that can come back and get you in these non conference games. You know, the kickoff return hurt just like in our game. You know, special teams played a factor in in the game. Um, you have to do the little things when you're playing those type of schools. I mean, in every game, the little things matter. But it seems like it gets magnified even more. The penalties, the mistakes. Uh, just just those types of things, you know, come back and, and, and haunt you. And when you're playing on the road, you know, we, we were in Lake Charles two years ago and, uh, you know, Felix Harper came in off the bench and almost, you know, pulled that game out. And next thing you know, here we go. And it's Felix Harper's show. So, I mean, we can play with teams like McNeese and Northwestern State, but you have to do the little things because it adds up. It, it will get you in, in the end. And let me say this about, you know, you're talking about skeleton. You and I have had this conversation for a couple of years now. You know, I, I still we'll have skeleton it some more. And we're going to have it some more. But I want to share a story. You know, back in the SWAC championship game two years ago, um, we had the ESPN video feed in our booth. So when they go to a commercial, you see the commercial if you see it on TV. But we actually see the raw feed, what we call the dry feed or the dirty feed from ESPN. And the cameras were on skeleton when he – when he turns the football over, when he fumbles, he, they show him going off the off the off the field behind the bench, 
And every time there was a mistake made, you saw him looking up in the stands. Of course, he's on Southern side and the fans are kind of getting on Skelton and Skelton's kind of going back at it with, with them. And you and I have talked about this for two years now. You know, he's got to fix, you know, he's got to hear the negativity when he makes a mistake. But how do you drown out the noise and just play on to the next play? And I think that's something that Skelton struggled, struggled with over the years. When he makes a mistake and still moving on to the next play, he still kind of, you know, relives that mistake. And one mistake leads to another and another. And next thing you know, it costs you the ball game. So, I mean, I think that's something he has to work on. I think the coaches have tried to work with him on it, but it's something he's got to fix. And they've got to circle the wagons to fix that. Because I do think Skelton will be a big part of Southern's offense before it's all said and done. In what way, whether it's Wildcat, whether it's quarterback, I don't know. But the the mental aspect, he's got to fix that if Southern's going to go anywhere. I want to read a comment, Uh, Willard. Appreciate you uh, watching and listening. He simply asks, Charles, can Skelton, can he play clean in a big game for 60 minutes? Willard says, history suggests no. And if you look at Skelton as a starter, a, a very good record. But if you look at, what, five losses, three have been to Alcorn, two now to McNeese. Because in 2019, same same situation in a way. Southern was up twice in that game, and then they lose 34 to 28. Willard also says, also, as was the case against UAP, UAPB this spring, the Jazz gate. I gave up a punt block. Unacceptable in a big game. So, yeah, we can add special teams, a kickoff return, block punt. And and as you stated, Charles, those are some of of the little things that can add up to big things that can add up uh, uh, to a a loss. Uh, My colleague said that on the SWAT conference call, Coach Rollins stated that, uh, you know, they they took skill now to kind of check on it, kind of got hit on the play and wanted to uh, uh, check on him. I understand that, you know, if you're taken out of the game, again, as I stated earlier, you are, it's not about I, it's about we, and you are a team player. And we've seen in the in the past that when things, some adversity hit, as you stated, Charles, how do you, how do you act toward that a- adversity? And, and, and if you're the leader, and you have leadership qualities, the team counts on you. So this team is very talented. What did we say all before the season? Southern University was in championship mode. This team was built to be successful. They still can get this done. But the things that need to be corrected, they've got to correct them. Moving forward, you've got UAPB coming up. You've got to play Prairie View. You've got to play Jackson State. You got to play FAMU. You have Grammar. You have to win the week. And you're not at the point right now where you can take off a Saturday or a Sunday. Yeah. You got to get it done. Go ahead, Charles. Yeah, you're, you're exactly right. And, and you talk about leadership. Okay, so if you compare and contrast what we've, what you had to deal with last Saturday at Southern and McNeese, what I just dealt with 48 hours ago. Felix Harper is the leader of this team, down 26 to 7, you know, playing as bad of the first half as you could possibly have. 
and then playing as terrific of a second half as you possibly can play. That's leadership. I mean, Harper did not look well at all in that first half. The Braves didn't look well. And, but yet they rallied. They found a way. Now, granted, you know, Doc Gamble opened the door for us on some situations, um, you know, but at the same time, you know, we were able to stick with it. We never gave up and we kept fighting. So I, I, you talk about leadership, Skelton as well as Felix Harper, both veterans. And they've been, they've been there, done that, been through the wars. And you saw one rally his troops and you saw another kind of fall by the wayside. But you're exactly right. I mean, so, there is no off weeks here. I mean, you look at Valley, they're playing 90 miles from their campus in Memorial Stadium tomorrow. There's going to be a, quite a few Valley Knights there. The Jaguar Nation will be there as well. But I guarantee you, Coach Dancy is going to have this team ready. And he even quoted was quoted in, in, in the paper this week, like, the problems start with me. I've got to fix this. So he's putting his team on notice. Hey, guys, we got to get this thing done right here and right now. And you got a Jaguar team that's kind of going sideways. What a way to do it. So it's, you know, someone's got to get it going here a little bit, you know, because there is no rest for the weary. And no one's going to feel sorry for you. Not not in what the spec is set up now with being a gauntlet every week. The Braves already have made the first statement. Southern can't afford to to fall in the abyss. And, wow, that, that that term is very interesting because um, Southern still, you know, this is the first conference game, but they got UAPB. Um, you've got Prairie View. You've got Jackson State coming up. You have to be focused now, and you got to clean up the things that you're not doing well. And you know the Jaguar Nation, they can get pretty antsy pretty quickly. So it'll be interesting to see if Southern University comes out, cuts, cuts down on the penalties, be able to put together four quarters and play a complete ball game. And if they're able to do that, they're favored to win, but you got to go out and do it. You got to go out and do it. Now, Charles, you're, that, you're, go ahead. You're being the Jaguar Nation, Carlos, you said Jaguar Nation is going to start getting antsy. That, that's being mighty kind, Carlos Brown. You, you know the Jaguar correct, Nation huh? a little more than antsy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, 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 I've heard from some uh, already. And, and, you know, you can say, dis, I said disappointed, some are disappointed. Um, <sighs> Southern is the standard. That's their motto. Also, um, they're expected to compete for championships They're in the championship mode. Expectations are higher. So we'll see. Starting tomorrow, the slate is clean as far as conference record. Let's see if they're, they'll be able to, to do the things that they need to do necessary to get off to a good start in conference play. I'm going to take a timeout, and when we come back, I'll, I'll visit with Coach Van Petaway. Uh, Charles, a, a nice announcement by the conference uh, with an uh, alliance with the Pac-12, and guess what? If, if you're Southern and Texas Southern, you'll go to a, a Pac-12 team, but guess what? The following year, Pac-12 team comes to your home arena. I'll see what Coach Petaway has to say about that. 
it seems to be outstanding. Dr. McClellan has put together this along with the commission of the PAC-12. So my big question is, Charles, will we see a tremendous crowd when those teams come to the SWAC arena? We shall I see. think, oh. No, no, you can go ahead, go ahead quickly. Okay, yeah, the answer is tremendous. I don't quite go that far. I, I think there'll be bigger crowds than what you would see if you were playing down. You know, we, you know how we do. We'll play you know, Miles College or Tougaloo. We'll play down. You know, you'll have you know decent crowds there. I think you'll be. I think the crowd will be bigger than what we would normally see for non-conference tilt because those teams get a lot of play throughout the country. You're talking about the UCLA's and the USC's and the Stanford's and the Oregon's of the world. You know, those, those teams have been the final fours. So yes, quality, quality conference when it comes to basketball. And, it, and it's a good relationship. And I, I hope it, it, it festers throughout the entire conference in which every team in, in all 12 teams can uh, make that happen. And I think if that happens and we get bigger crowds, thumbs up to the SWAC and Dr. Uh, McClellan for making that happen. It is needed. You know, we, we do need to get some of our games against those teams at home. You know, because we don't, to be quite honest with you, for obvious reasons. But uh, I'm glad we're able to make this happen, and I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing how it works out. Well, I'll say it's a tremendous opportunity at hand, and we'll see how uh, it, it works out. But when I come back, we'll visit with Coach Van Petaway, former men's basketball coach at Alabama and them. You're watching the Coles Brown Show on the Black College Sports Network is a specialty bakery located in the Charlotte, North Carolina metro area. We will create delicious and one-of-a-kind treats for any occasion. Sugar Chateau is currently shipping cakes in a jar, offering a variety of different flavors in a single-serve container that can help you celebrate in accordance with social distancing. Place your orders today by calling 803-526-7895 or visiting SugarChateauDesserts.com. ...to these colleges, and we have to fund our kids in these colleges, and we have to make sure our kids have seats in these colleges. Now what about HBCUs you, you mentioned? Absolutely. You've got to fund them all, and you've got to make sure they're properly funded. You know, the real reason why I went after uh, Comcast and Charter, it didn't, even have, it didn't have anything to do with my cable networks. It didn't. What happened was uh, a gentleman wanted to do the Black College Sports Network, Mm-hmm. in partnership with the HBCUs. Mm-hmm. And Comcast did not accept it. And that would have made a lot of money for these black colleges. Absolutely. And it would have educated the Black College Sports Network. This is what he wanted to do. That would have educated a lot of black kids. And when they didn't do that, that's when I came off the bench and said, okay, I'm going to light you up like a Christmas tree. Mm-hmm. Okay? That was the real reason why I got into it was when I saw what happened with the Black College Sports Network, which I don't own. I just knew. Why that, did you buy it? I just knew. I may. I just knew that these black. <laughs> I like that term. All right. I knew that these black colleges were going to benefit and these black kids were going to get the education mm-hmm. that they deserved and not have to pay. And that- For 200 years, Montgomery, Alabama has been making history by people who had the courage to stand up for change. Today, this riverfront city has been reborn embracing the past and looking forward to the future. From the National Memorial for Peace and Justice to the stage of the Alabama Shakespeare Festival, 
This is where history was and is made. We are proud to call Montgomery home, and together, we can be the change. This week's edition of the Coles Brown Show here on the Black College Sports Network. I'm Coles Brown, joined by Charles Edmund, and now joined by uh, Coach Van Petaway, former men's basketball coach at Alabama A&M. I simply like to uh, call him the Coles Brown Show's basketball analyst. Coach Petaway, good morning. Hey, good morning, Carlos. I'm happy to be here. You're coming to us live from Mobile. I guess there's a big game going on today, right, Coach? Well, anytime the Bulldogs take the field, yes, it's a big game. Yeah, we, we're down here for the Gulf Coast Classic uh, between Alabama A&M and Tuskegee, and I'm looking forward to all the festivities. Well, Alabama A&M is a team that, in, in most cases, most polls, they're number one. And, hey, so goes Alabama A&M, Akil Glass, and Coach Maynard. Hey. Good times are rolling in Huntsville, Coach. Yes, they are. Uh, he, he seems to be a, dy a dynamic coach. Uh, I really like his personality. And my only regret is I didn't get a chance to, to work with him. I, I like I like football coaches that are for everybody, and he, he seems to be one of those type of people. And so I, I'm hoping that the good times will return to the hill for all the sports. Yeah, I made a trip there a long time ago. It was a humbling experience. <laughs> humbling experience, Charles and Coach Pettaway. Uh, Alabama and them defeated Southern that day, and I'll tell you the year, 1999, I believe. I hope I'm correct. Yeah, well, see, Charles has experienced a few fake victories in Huntsville. Uh, I was never able to get uh, his, his former coach, uh, Coach Whitney, I was never able to get him on the reservation when I did when it was in Huntsville. Mm. Yeah, Coach Whitney, wow. Rest in peace, a tremendous basketball player. Coach, an opportunity now, the Pac-12 and the SWAC, um, the, the Pac-12 and the Southwestern Athletic Conference. I, lo I love the concept. I, I think it's great. It's great for college basketball. It's great for the SWAC. Uh, I, I think the coaches in the league, uh, I, I did get an opportunity to talk to at least one of the guys in the league, and they're saying the same thing, that it, it could be a good deal uh, for the squad. The only thing I hope is that there's a financial piece that we are not aware of that goes along with this. Uh, because in that first year, uh, uh, next year, Southern will be at Arizona. Bam, you will be at Oregon. Uh, then Alabama State will be at Southern Cal. And then uh, at the same time, Arizona State will be at Texas Southern, Colorado will be at Gramlin, and Washington will be at Prairie View. And then the other six schools that are not involved in this, they'll, they'll get the chance to go two years after that. And I, I think it's just great uh, because at some point, UCLA will get an opportunity to come to one of the SWAC schools. Whatever school gets that, I think it'll be a, a gold mine. That should be a... a, uh, a Big payday for whatever school that gets an opportunity to host UCLA 
because I, I think uh, our, that will draw our fans' interest and definitely the UCLA Bruins, if they're alumni in the area uh, where that game is being held, uh, I think it's good for the league. And my hat's off to uh, the commissioners from both leagues for putting this together. I just hope that there's a financial piece. And when I say that, at least defray the cost of the HBCUs going out to the Pac-12 because those are some very expensive trips. But the educational piece and, and the Pac-12 willing to extend an olive branch to the SWAC, I think that's awesome. That is awesome for college basketball. Because when you say the financial piece and, and you say, like, cost of traveling, um, I guess from your time, and I, and I know we previously talked about you didn't take a whole lot of those type of trips, but what would be, say, a financial help to for those the, those swag institutions traveling to to the Pac-12 institution members? Well, I think just if they just take care of hotel and transportation, you know, the flights, I think that'll help the schools out because when we normally do a guarantee, I, I give you something that, that that's for real. If I do a, a, a game guarantee for $100,000, well, before the school receives that $100,000, my expenses are taken out. In other words, my flights, my hotel, all of that's taken out. The only thing that I did not mess with was the food portion. The food portion, I, I wanted to be have more control over that. But but in terms of uh, that visiting school, that, that school that I'm getting that guarantee from, I would let them subtract my expenses from the hotels and my flights, take that out. And so now instead of the school uh, netting $100,000, it's going to be minus my travel expenses. And I, I think if they if they put something in place like that where they can help them with travel, because otherwise you, your, your budget is going to take a big hit now because you got to go to the West Coast. And and there's no, there's no bus company that's going to take you to the West Coast. So, so you're dealing with flights, charter flights, and things like this. So that's the only thing. But it's it, the, the concept, the idea is great. I think Kentucky did it first by reaching out to Southern. We, we, I think in this day and time, we need to take advantage of uh, the way society is going right now. And the SWAC has definitely jumped on board. Uh, they, they, you know, at the conference office, they're forward thinking. They're, doing, they're looking at the future. And this is outstanding. Home run. This this is a home run. Or in my case, basketball, this is a slam dunk. Slam dunk. I'm visiting with Coach Van Petaway, former men's basketball coach at Alabama AM. And and coach, if we look at, at the reverse of that, let's say in in Southern's case, then Arizona comes to Southern University. Right. Now I, I I know from a coaching standpoint, you're gonna have your team fired up and, 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 and ready to play. But how can those institutions take advantage of having a team like a, 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 a Arizona or Oregon come into to FAMU, um, Arizona State at Texas Southern University? What do you think would be, um, as far as attendance, would we naturally see a, a jump in attendance? But how, how would Coach Petaway set up that whole event when they came to uh, to Alabama and them. Well, first of all, I would have lobbied for a team like UCLA. I would I would want a UCLA or or either a Arizona to be the team that we play home and away. 
because now I will put put on a special promotion for that home event because I really think that whoever gets you at UCLA, that, that's going to be an automatic draw, not only from your fans, but from their fan base too. So I'm looking at ticket sales, and I think from that standpoint, it would be outstanding. And I, I'll give you a matchup I wish they had done. I wish Texas Southern had to play Southern Cal for the women's, for the women's game because I would love to see Cynthia Cooper have Southern Cal to come into Houston and play them at Texas Southern. I think that, that I think the female game would have been an instant because of her relationship with them. So it's an intriguing matchup. I, I I I really like it. But if I were coaching, I would definitely promote my game because I will want the fans to come out and and, and welcome those people to Huntsville. Sounds like you would have in-depth meetings with uh, oh, yeah. the director of athletics. Um, even even six months away before oh, yeah. that that you you have that home game because it's it's a tremendous opportunity. And, oh yes, you know, and, and we look at some of I've seen some of the teams have already released their uh, non conference schedule for this year, and once again, hey, doesn't matter if I like it or not. They've got to do they mean the, the Department of Athletics do what they have to do. To, to bring revenue in, but we see coach once again, I, I, I had a chance to look at Southern Alcorn. They're on the road a lot, right? A lot. And then when you come home, of course the record is not going to be good. Right. But to me, it just kind of takes away the, the enthusiasm, you know, knowing <laughs> that my team has been, I hadn't seen them maybe once or twice, if you're lucky. Then they're on the road. But as, as Charles Evans joins us back, Charles and me have had this discussion before. Coaches are going to be uh, analyzed on Won winning the, the conference yep. and, and, yep. and winning the conference. But when will the point come where we'll be able to have some success in non-conference games? Well, I, I think with a, with a good recruiting class, some of the coaches will. But now you think about this. You know, since I've been associated with you all, I've, told, I've expressed my feelings about the game, game guarantees. I think you do it to a – you can do them, but it should be a minimum, not a maximum like they're doing now. Okay, and then now you take the football piece. Who's saying the same thing? Coach Prime, Dion, he's saying the same thing about those guarantee games. You know, you – what what do you really gain from them when you expose your kids against a team that they don't they cannot match up with? You know, you're taking away that kid's confidence. You're doing, and in a lot of cases, you don't get that confidence back. So so you have to be very careful when you schedule all those games. Yeah, you could take one or two or three at the most per year. I'm for that. I'm for helping the athletic department uh, make money, but I am not. The coach is not the main fundraiser. So, so, so to continue to use these teams as a fundraising mechanism, I don't, I don't agree with it. I, I do not agree with it. Not at the maximum level. You do it a minimum. Yeah, every, every year as a basketball coach, I should go out and at least play a couple of guarantee games. But I personally will not schedule 13, 14, 
guarantee games. I want home games. I want my fans to see my, my players. I want my players to gain confidence. I want my players to feel good about themselves. You don't feel good about yourself when you're getting your head beat by 50 or 60 points. And there's nothing that that kid could do on the floor because it's a difference in talent. It's a difference in talent a lot of times. So I've been on that bandwagon since I've been coming on your show. I'm not going to leave that. And now you get more people like Dion. I heard Coach, Coach Sanders. He's saying basically the same thing. And he was talking about Louisiana Monroe. That That's not even a power five. Yeah, group of five. And, and by the way, um, they played. They should have uh, won the game. Yeah, they played a hell of a game, you know. Right, they should have won it. Yep. Well, that is the debate that we'll continue to have, you know, the pros and cons. And, right. and, and, and I, I, I agree. I mean, I understand why they do it. But, yes, I, I would limit those games. And, and I remember I got an email from a, a Southernite who basically said the athletic department would be history if they couldn't play those type of games. Like right. Southern, Southern University is playing LSU September the 10th next year. Yeah, yeah, but um, but Carlos, one or two games is not gonna is not gonna kill your program. I'm talking about the teams that have played 13, 14 guarantee games. The fans don't see them until the conference play starts in January. That's not good. And see, disagreement with with the Pac-12 that helps that situation because now at least we know they got one they got one home game before before the conference schedule. So now I, I'm not saying that the sweat. I mean that the uh, Disagreement between the Pac-12 is bad. No, I think it's great. Just don't load up your schedule with 14 agreements like this in the same year. I, I, I understand. Charles, <laughs> Charles, are you there? I'm trying to see if Charles is. Okay. Me and Charles kind of, kind of had some debates about that. And, and Charles basically said that uh, – you know, coaches are going to be judged on their conference record. Correct, Charles? Well, that's yeah. what some yeah, people man. say, but that's not always true. They go on overall record. They don't. They don't say. They don't. When I sit down and and did the evaluations with the administration, they didn't go on. Well, well, coach, you had a winning record in the conference. You you you're doing fine. No, they look at overall record. Wow. So if you two you're two and twelve, one and thirteen coming into into conference play, and then if you bomb in conference, yep, they'll they'll be ready to get rid of you. Yep, that's true. That's true. But you help them bring money into the program by having all those type of non-conference games, those guarantee games. That's a tough situation. I'll put my foot down, and I guess I wouldn't be working at the institution too long. Right. That 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 is uh that's exactly what's happened in a lot of cases. Jones, any comments? Well, I, I, I agree with what Coach Petaway said. Uh I, I do think that what's happening now behind the scenes is that a lot of these coaches are being judged by conference and I think it's kind of a hush hush deal, like look, we understand that you're playing the UCLA's and the Dukes. We're playing Gonzaga, all corners, Washington State. You know, we understand those are going to be tough games. Do the best you can with it. 
Um, but yet there's a mandate to bring in a certain amount of money you know, based right. on the budget, based on the CFOs. That helps. That takes a couple of games off the board that you got to yep. go play. If, if that's, I'm just saying, I don't know what the, what the numbers are, but let's just say if it's $100,000, then that's one game or two games that you don't have to play against those major schools. So that, that's a big help as well, if that's the number. I don't know what it is, <clears throat> excuse me, but if it is, then that, that helps you. <clears throat> excuse me, that helps you as well. So I, I understand, I get, you know, and Coach Petaway been in that gauntlet. He knows, you know, when your AD says you got to bring in a certain, this amount of money and however way the schedule goes. Now, some schools, the AD makes the, makes the schedule. And I know for all core, Coach Bussey makes the schedule and he kind of gives me a heads up in terms of who he's looking at playing. You know, the SIUEs of the world, the Milwaukee, Wisconsin's of the world. I know we got that. So, you know, the coaches are controlling the schedule in many cases in the conference in which they're trying to craft the best schedule that they have, that they can come up with to make the most money, but yet at the same time not demoralize your team. And that, that's a right. tough balancing act when, yep. when, when you have to go through that. It, and that hasn't changed, Carlos, in 30 years. I mean, we, we had this conversation now. We had it a year ago. We had it 10 years ago. <laughs> we had it 20 years ago. Yeah. I mean, so, I mean, it's just it's just reality. It's just it's probably not going to change unless or until we get more games out of conference at home and or we fill up our arenas even during conference games, which we don't always do. And that's that's yeah. the same analogy we have for football when we had that conversation last week. Well, I I really think the ads after, and, and I guess I'm I'm taking a little shot there. I, I think. ADs have to come up with creative ways to yep. balance this. And what I'm saying is balance. You know, hey, you can have a couple of those guarantee games. You mix in some, because there, there's a formula for it. Yep. And some some, some mid-majors. Of course, no, you're not going to get as much from Tulane as you would get Duke in a home and home. But you've got to find that balance. And, and you're right. Got to get better attendance for the conference games. It, in Southern's case, I guess it's Grandma State's always their, their, their best attended conference game. And then I guess you could throw in an Alcorn State and then a Jackson State. But then that Jackson State game is always on a Monday. And that's yep. tough, tough uh, for, 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 for some. But I, hopefully they can just look at this and, and, and kind of find a, a happy medium of balance. Because, again, I'll go back. And yeah, 10, 20, 30 years, I think a one game Southern played Texas A&M at home. Adarius Smiley was at Southern. Yeah. They blew out Texas A&M, a nice crowd. And that was something that you could, you could build on. So, Coach Petaway, help me out. Where can we find this balance? So we won't have this conversation 10, 20, 30 years from now. Well, I won't be here 30 years probably. But <laughs> you will. Uh, yeah, yeah, you will. Hey, hey, yeah, we, you will. Everybody, I'll be 87, get, huh? Yeah, yeah. Everybody's <laughs> got to get to the get to the table and talk just like we were talking now about the throughout the pros and cons, and then we come up with a happy medium. Remember, I'm saying yes, you play some of those games but not your entire preseason schedule on game guarantees. That does not – it helps the bottom line for the athletic department, but it, not, it does not help the bottom line of those student athletes that have to go through that. 
And we're supposed to be thinking about the athletes they're, while they're on our campus and when they leave our universities. So now are we sending them away in the right mental frame of mind? No, you're not when you, when you put them through that gauntlet and there's no release. So that, I think that needs to be addressed. Who's the majority? Who's the majority? The major fundraiser? Is it the coach or coaches, or should it be the athletic directors? And well, and not not necessarily. Yeah. I don't think it's all on the AD. I, I think in each institution, that that's where your development office, that's where your fundraising people come in. It should be a combination. And if the athletic director, yes, that AD should be able to go out and get funds. That's not you. That does not come from his teams exploiting the schedule. Well, I I, I can say this, Carlos. Um, our basketball coach Landon Bussey has had two meet and greets in our area, one in Vicksburg and one in Natchez. He's gonna. And I just got a call the other day. He's gonna have one in Jackson next month. So he he's doing what he can do in reaching out and getting alumni support and, and trying to bring in those dollars that way. I mean, there's, of course, there's more than one way to get stuff done, um, but the, those guaranteed games can, can be tough. I mean, you know, yeah. Texas Southern plays the Michigan States and the Michigans and, and when you can upset those teams, that helps your team, that helps the SWAC as well, but you, you don't see that very often. I mean, it, right. it, it just doesn't happen. I think one year, I think Texas Southern beat Kansas State, Michigan State, and we were riding that horse all year long, and it actually helped them when it came to the NCAA tournament. But we got to get more of that as in the conference in order to in in, in uh, to improve our our standing in the NCAA tournament. Instead of a playing game in Dayton, we could be a 13 or 12 seed. In order yep. to do that, every team in the league from one to 12 has to play a solid schedule and win some of those games we've got to we've got to win some of them two or three uh two or three a school i think we definitely will get out of the play-in game hole and we'll be maybe a 12 or 13 seed and i like our chances then because i think we're we would be that good but i i think this conversation it, it it's going to be tough until we can make more money at home to play less of those big money games i agree well, absolutely. I, I, I think we're going to see more schedules like Looks like this in in no particular order. Michigan State, Arkansas, the University of Florida, Virginia, Gonzaga, and I won't see you until you get home in January for swag play. And then I'm hoping that the fans will say, well, we're going to come out because we've got a shot to do well. Balance is what I'm hearing. Balance. Balance and find a happy meeting. Coach, appreciate, coach, appreciate the time. Enjoy yourself. Uh, don't eat too much, but then if you do, I won't hold it against you. All right. Hey, thanks, guys. <laughs> uh, uh, you all be safe, and uh, God bless, and uh, we'll see you guys next time. Thank you. Yes, sir. Appreciate you, Coach. All Enjoy right. the rest of your weekend. That was Coach Van Penaway former men's basketball coach at Alabama and them Charles, before we go to our next guest, um, going to pull up some comments here. Troy says we need to stretch the field more to keep teams honest. You know what he's talking about? Again, Charles, if I'm going to play Southern 
if I'm a defense coordinator, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to see if you can beat me throwing the football. Now, they've got weapons. Ethan Howard, Kirkwood. They've got weapons to utilize. But that's a strategy I'm using. And if you beat me throwing the football, I'll live with that. But that's what Troy says. Keith says, good morning, Carlos and Charles. Good morning, Keith. Good morning. Michael says, good morning, Carlos and Charles. Good morning. Uh, Derek, and I saw another comment. Derek put hashtag all corn nights for Skelton. You know what? <laughs> and, and, and Charles, and, and you know, Derek, I love you to death. He's an all corn knight. <laughs> I'm not surprised by that statement because <laughs> you, you remember the remember I said this once before in Birmingham I said Coach Rollins the quarterback competition it's going to be one in practice I'm hearing he said yes he says but I'll tell you what Skelton at the time was so many wins and only what four four losses but three of those losses at the time were all corn but three of the five. Lost twice a minute, but it's not just on skeleton as, as a team, right? It is going to be very interesting how the rest of Southern season uh, is going to go, Charles. Balance on offense is a good thing. And running the football, throwing it, cutting down on those penalties, and continue to get better every week. That's what I. That's what I want to see. So to you, Derek. Um, yeah, you, you, you're being facetious there. No, I, you really believe that. <laughs> you really believe that. All Knights would love to see Skelton the next time they play Charles, and, and, yeah. and you, you would too. What well, is it? I mean, what is I, it? Do you know. fear? You fear somebody else, McDaniel's? Do you fear McDaniel's or Lampley? <laughs> No, those 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 dual threat quarterbacks, as we know, are so dangerous. And early in in the Alcorn Southern games, whether it's the SWAC championship game, the regular season, early in those games, I mean they they were they were so productive. Skelton was getting it done, the thinks and dunks, the checkdowns, and then all of a sudden the Braves made the adjustment, and then they put some heat on them, and then things change. I mean that's that's what happens. I mean that's why adjustments get get made. But Skelton Skelton's I know what fans are saying because Skelton's a turnover machine, and when you get to him and you rattle him, he's going to make all kinds of mistakes, and he's going to hand you the football game. But what if he doesn't do that? What if he is solid? What if he runs the RPO game correctly? Skelton is like a dangerous. See, I would like to see that charge for four quarters. I I I, I know you would, but it, the, what I the sample size that I've seen in, in the games that Skelton has played and started, he worries the heck out of me. When it's going, it's going. And, and, you know, for all form, when you got Nico Duffy going, that opens Felix Harper. And, and you, you saw what he did in the second half the, the other night. I mean, we couldn't run the football. We couldn't do anything. And then all of a sudden, we're able to, you know, stretch the field a little bit, run the football, and then everything opens up. Felix Harper almost threw for 400 yards. You've got to commit to running the football. And if you can't do that, you're not going to have success. And I think what you're saying is that teams are going to stack the box. But you've got to be able to balance it out a little bit to where you stretch it a little bit to where you get your quarterback comfortable, your running game comfortable, and then the field is yours. Whatever you want to do, you can do pitch and catch. Whatever you want to do, you can you can make that happen. 
But I think what happens, though, I think the Braves are a little more committed to running the football because they have the tools in the backfield to run the football. And, and they're confident enough they can stick with it and be productive. I think other teams bail out on it maybe sooner than they want to, and then they stretch the field. There's only one team that, that doesn't commit to the run as much, but you've got a terrific quarterback, and that's Alabama A&M. They're going to beat you throwing football and throwing it all over the yard. Glad's going to throw for 500 yards. That's what they do. They throw first. When they had Jordan Bentley two years ago, they were dangerous. Now, and I'm sure they'll probably get that running game going a little bit, but that's what A&M does. Southern, to me, running the football is what they do, and you got a quarterback in Skelton that just adds another layer to that when they're productive. Southern's a pretty dangerous team. You pay out of it and make it one-dimensional, then it's advantage defense. Well, let me say this, and then we'll take a timeout, and we'll uh, bring in uh, Brandon B.J. Jones. To me, a definition of a dual-threat quarterback is a – quarterback that can both equally do well run the athleticism and then able to make the throws that's a dual threat dual means two not handicap and i just think you have to give teams options of you're gonna have to be able to stop both running and throwing but when teams make adjustments and they force you to do something that you haven't consistently been able to do, thus we see the problems. McNeese made adjustments. They, they said, we're going to shut down. We're going to stop the running game. Now, you can argue, well, maybe they should have stuck to the run some more. They ran in the first half successfully. When someone makes adjustments, can you counter that? So we'll see what BJ has to say about all this. Um, I'll, I'll read some more of the uh, uh, comments. I'll, I'll give you one more. Uh, appreciate you, Mike. Michael says, Bubble will start. I predict he will start, but again, we shall see. I'm hearing some things behind the scene that McDaniels will, will get the start. I'm going to take a quick time out. When I come back, I'll be joined by Brandon BJ Jones of Inside HBCU Football. You're watching The Carlos Brown Show on the Black College Sports Network. HBCU Athletics. This is a fantastic avenue for, for, for all of us. This is our ESPN, so we, 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 we love what you guys do. Brian, AD, Roy, all you guys at BCSN, we really appreciate what it is that you guys, you guys do for us.
It's never too early to plant the seed, to share the tradition, and instill a sense of pride in your HBCU with your little ones. HBCU Pride and Joy Children's Boutique helps you share your school spirit with a wide selection of adorable kids' apparel and accessories officially licensed from your favorite HBCU. Visit HBCUPrideJoy.com and follow us on all social media at HBCU Pride Joy on Facebook and Twitter. Shop Melvin Online Women's Boutique to spice up your closet with trendy, unique looks. We have fashionable and chic looks at very affordable prices. Melvin Boutique offers free shipping all year long on all orders. Shop online at www.melvetboutique.com. That's www.melvetboutique.com. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram. Shop Melvin Online Women's Boutique. Welcome back to this week's edition of Coles Brown Show here on the Black College Sports Network. Now joined by Brandon B.J. Jones of Inside HBCU Football. B.J., I think you're going to have to save in the day. I've quieted down. I'm trying to look at things objectively uh, with uh, what happened with Southern and McNeese State. So I'll give you the floor, kind of give you your, your, your thoughts a week later on the Southern and McNeese State football game? Well, I think we saw Southern do some good things in that football game. They outgame McNeese uh, again. Um, turnovers were the big factor in that football game. Um, you saw a, a football team in the second half that felt like they had no identity offensively and left your defense out there a little bit too long. You know, there's only so much you can put on your uh, defense. And in the second half, the offense just put a lot on them with the turnovers and the short fields, and you had special teams, blunders, uh, you know, you name it. Uh, trust me, I understand the frustration. Um, I know a lot of Jaguars are frustrated, but, you know, hey, this is a new week. You know, uh, this is a new week. And, and, and the thing about it is the season has not started how we wanted it to go. Um, you know, it has not started. No one – uh, I, I thought realistically Southern could have been looking at, you know, two and one after the first three games. Um, nobody saw one and two, but the thing about it is the goals that this football team had set before it, before the season started are still before them now. Uh, you just have to make sure that you take care of business week in and week out. Is the, the saying, um, and Coach Jordan just say that win the week. Mm-hmm. And so this week you got to go one and oh. Yeah. Next week you got to go one and oh. Let's just kind of get your thoughts on on this. And, and 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 let me say this. I understand quarterbacks take a lot of the frustration. Um when things go wrong, a lot of the blame goes to 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 the quarterback as far as the play on the field. If we look at the uh, I thought Ladaris had an outstanding first half. I mean, really, he he did. Mm-hmm. He was able to to, 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 to to run the offense, to make the throws. In the second half, it seems like McNeese State made some adjustments. And to me, and, and let's see if you see it this way, they basically said, 
we're going to take away what you like to do best and what you, you've been successful in. And that is they forced Southern University to, to throw. Now, first half, they were throwing well. Second half, not so well. And, and, and then the interception was one of one of the momentum changers that McNeese was able to go down the field. Is there something, BJ, that your defensive player, former defensive player, defensive analyst, football analyst, are we going to continue to see this? Teams are going to say, we're going to scheme. The skeleton doesn't beat us. And we got we want to prove to us that skeleton can beat us. Or Southern University can beat us throwing the football. Absolutely. Ten times out of ten. If you look at uh, Southern University, really, over the last couple of seasons, uh, Southern University has not ranked high as far as passing uh, yardage in the Southwestern Athletic Conference. Run offense has been either at the top or two. Passing offense has been near the bottom, so uh, teams are going to definitely scheme against that. Another thing that jumped about uh, jumped out to me about that ball game uh, was you didn't see Ladarius Skelton pull down the football and run like he normally would. But when he did, he was very indecisive uh, when doing that. Um, I know I saw that and they immediately had question marks uh, about his health uh, and, 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 you know, how comfortable he is because – He's not shy about running the football. He did seem like that uh, during that second half last week. Well, I, 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 I don't think he was 100% healthy, mm-hmm. you know, in, 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 in my opinion. But as you stated, the goals are still in place, and you can start reaching toward those goals by what? tomorrow? Boy, that's weird saying tomorrow. Mm-hmm. A little bit after 2 p.m. against uh, Mississippi Valley State. Now, on all the courts, Southern is favored, and they should win. Is it tomorrow about all about Southern and no disrespect to Valley, but it's a, it should be all about Southern tomorrow? It's about Southern and, and, and their ability to, to go in and take care of business, um, and that's what it's going to be about. Uh, you know, you never allow your team to play to another team's level. There's a certain standard that you have to play uh, to week in and week out, regardless of who your opponent is. And this is going to be a test of that. Um, the Southern go in to Jackson, Mississippi tomorrow and play to the level of, a level of a Mississippi Valley and have one of those situations where you have a, a couple of weeks we had a Miles football team that hung around longer than what people expected. Or do you play to your standard, take care of business, uh, you're fundamentally sound, not turn the football over, uh, playing solid both offensively, defensively, um, as well as in the special teams, uh, and, and take care of business. Uh, so it's going to be inter- interesting to see um, if Southern does that on uh, on tomorrow. Sounds like to me, you're saying Southern has to put together a complete game, four quarters. And yeah. we have we, we really haven't seen four quarters yet. Tomorrow will be a uh, excellent opportunity, a chance to to to, to do that, BJ. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. We still have Charles. Charles, are you there? Yes, I am here. Okay. Okay. Uh, got every, got got everybody back. Um, guys, what about last week in, in in the conference? What what games or games stood out to you? Uh, for me, it was Alcorn State and South Alabama. Uh, you know, Charles, we spoke the last week about the tumultuous time um, down at Alcorn, and you know he had been you know around that program and. Uh, for, for some time. This is one of the roughest weeks that he can remember. 
Uh, but to have a performance uh, the way that they had on Saturday night down in Mobile, Alabama, uh, with an opportunity to win that football game, should have won that football game, a controversial call, uh, you know, right there towards the end. Uh, I'm pretty sure that Charles was, you know, felt pretty good. Now, Thursday night, I'm pretty sure he probably, had to check into the, he probably had to check into the cardiologist a couple of times to make sure that everything was all check and go. Uh, but but last Saturday, just watching um, Alcorn and the way they competed against South Alabama, um, I was pleasantly surprised. Charles, did, did, did you have to go get a checkup after the game <laughs> uh, in Pine Bluff, or you waited until you got back to the state of Mississippi? No, I got I, I got checked out in between quarters, the first quarter and second quarter. They had they had a doctor in the press box. I had to go visit him <laughs> because it, it was I look I, I didn't know what team I was calling to be honest with you. I mean, you had a sixty-five yard kickoff return to start the game. They score, then Felix Harper throws a pick six. Um, just I mean, it was just awful. I mean, we played about as bad of a half as we could play in that first half down 26 to 7. And then we played Riverboat Gambler. And uh, he gambled in the second half a couple of opportunities and he lost. And it cost him the football game. I mean, you could play it out any way you want. You know, but the Braves just played hard. They executed. They couldn't run the football in the first half. And William Carlos, you've talked about this throughout this show. What's Southern's issue? You've got to be. You've got to be committed to running the football. And when I see a Southern University team in years past with Devon Dean and Washington and that crew, when they can run the football, they're pretty good. We couldn't run the football. We weren't very good in the first half. But yet we got the running game going. We got Felix Harper out in space. You had to account for him. Then that opened up everything else. Uh, with Charles Pringle uh, and, and everybody else got involved in, in catching the football. Then our defense stepped up. So I mean, it was a it was a great one of the great comebacks I've seen this Braves football team make in the 30 years I've been doing it. I mean, you go back to the McNair days. I mean, you don't you wouldn't see something like that down 26 to seven. The way Pine Bluff was taking it to us, you just didn't see that happening. And but you know, we found a way where our defense got off the field enough. But BJ, I some could say Alcorn was very fortunate to be able to come back in that ball game because it, it could have got away from them uh earlier, early in the ball game. And I would get text messages from Alcorn Knights were saying that they thought the O line was just the O line play it was was sub sub par. And if you look ahead now. Alcorn could very well. I mean, they, they've got to work on some things, but you could look at maybe Alcorn coming into uh, A.W. Mumford Stadium undefeated in conference. But, boy, it sure looked like they were going to lose the, their first game in the Western Division and their, and their, their conference uh, opening to University of Arkansas Pine Bluff. Yeah, I mean, but the thing about Alcorn, a lot of the opportunities they had in the second half, they created those opportunities. They forced the turnover. Uh, you know, they forced, you know, those punts. Uh, every time it looked like Arkansas Pine Bluff had a chance to kind of blow it open, something happened. You saw a turnover. You saw a fumble. You, you know, you saw something. Um, so Alcorn made the opportunities. You know, give them um, a lot of credit. I, I think that um, if you're Arkansas Pine Bluff, Bluff fan, you're looking at that opportunity. I think it was in the fourth quarter where you kick, you could kick it, 
um, and add some points and, and you go for it and you don't get come away with anything. I think there were a lot of people uh, Friday morning quarterbacking on that. In other words, he's gotten some emails. He's gotten some uh, <laughs> calls uh, on social media. He's he, he's hearing it mm-hmm. because if you if you look at it, that doesn't mean the end of the conference season. But they still have an opportunity now. Now they're going to need a little help. Yeah, yeah. You're talking about really competitive uh, every week. Every mm-hmm. week. So the Thursday night game, 39-38, Alcorn State over UAPB. Um, elsewhere in the conference, you saw some um, – uh, UAPB lost to Central Arkansas. Of course, Southern lost to McNeese. And those were uh, out-of-conference games. But Prairie View, uh, BJ picks up a, a, a big victory against Houston Baptist. So they were able to, to win outside of the conference. Yeah. Yeah, and it was uh, uh, it was kind of explosive. It, they were back and forth uh, for for a while there, and then Prairie View finally pulled it off. Uh, Jawan passed the way that he's throwing the football uh, for Prairie View. Uh, he is emerging as one of the top quarterbacks in this conference, and in this quarterback that has an abundance of quarterback talent. Hey, you remember, that was Felix Harper, Jawan Pass, uh, uh, Skylar Perry, uh, Keel Glass, uh, Shadour Sanders. Um, there is some 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 quarterbacking being done in the conference, but you know, Prairie View is going to be very interesting uh, to see what happens today uh, uh, in Dallas, Texas, with those storylines, with that football game, uh, Prairie View and Grambling in the State Fair Classic. And PJ, and, and just listening to you rattle, rattle off the names of the quarterbacks, you, you're looking at offenses that have consistently thrown the ball very well. Mm-hmm. And the teams that have not been able to, I guess I'm saying, to me, I look for balance on offense. You, 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 you know, a team that can throw it all the time but can't run the football. I've heard some Jackson State uh, fans and alums talking about they would like to see Jackson State be able to get their running game going. So how important is it to be balanced? Or do you want to be in a shootout every week knowing that I can just outscore anybody? What happens if you have an off day offensively? Yeah, when you have an off day, you, you're putting a lot of pressure on that defense. Uh, and when you're one-dimensional, um, you usually can't hold on to a lead. And incomplete passes equals, you know, stoppage of the clock. Uh, you're not able to, to wear guys down. Uh, so you want to be balanced. Now, you want to be able to keep the defense honest. Uh, if you're one-dimensional, it's easy to game plan against you, um, if you if you're doing one thing. Uh, so, you know, having that uh, ability to run the football effectively and throw it effectively, that's a big thing. Uh, we talk about the numbers that Felix Harper had on Thursday night. Look at those rushing yards for Nico Duffy. When Alcorn was able to get that running game going, it opened up everything else. Uh, all of a sudden, Felix Harper wasn't under as much pressure as he was uh, in, in that first half. So, um, having that threat of the run, uh, keeping uh, defenses honest, um, and then also, uh, you know, like I said, you know, being balanced, um, that, that makes your offense that much harder to stop. Jack says, I don't think the Mississippi Valley State game will solve any of Southern University's quarterback problems. BJ, you're the coach. You're head coach Jones. Who do you start tomorrow against 
Mississippi Valley State. I know practice is important. You you win the position in practice. And is there a quarterback problem for Southern University, or are we maybe over exaggerating it? I think that there's a offensive identity crisis to a little bit. Um, we both said on this program earlier that we don't think Ladarius Felton was 100% healthy, uh, which uh, hindered his ability to pull up, pull down the, the football and run it. Um, you have a quite capable quarterback, actually you have two capable quarterbacks, but you have one that's very good that showed the week before in, in, in Bubba McDaniel uh, that he's able to lead this football team. Um, I think, you know, with Southern, I think you have to find out if you're going to go with two quarterbacks, how and when. And with Ladarius Skelton, I think he's too talented to be on, to, to not be on the football field. How do you use him not only as, as a quarterback, uh, but maybe in the backfield, uh, maybe as a receiver, maybe a cert, uh, several other things that can help this football team. Um, and the bad thing about it is you have to figure that out. Uh, while all the, the the bullets are alive, you, you're fig- figuring this out uh, during the season. If I'm a head coach right now, if Ladera Skelton is not healthy, then I, want, I don't want to risk him. I'm going with Glendon McDaniel um, as a star quarterback. Yeah, we, what you're saying, we saw glimpses of that in the spring in the Bayou Classic for one. Mm-hmm. We saw uh, Skelton uh, on the field at the same time. We heard before the season started, that there was going to be kind of a, I think I named it the Taysom Hill package. And I understand mm-hmm. what you're saying. If he's not healthy, then that puts a, a different spin on it. But all things being equal, if he was uh, healthy, do you think we would see some type of um, package where you have both of them on, on the field at the same time? Oh, yeah, I'm pretty sure you would. I mean, one thing about Zach Grossi, he's an innovative offensive mind. Uh, you, you saw some some creativity uh, to his play calling last week. Um, his play calling, if you look at it, is actually a thing of beauty. I'm pretty sure he has all things uh, that he's drawn up uh, for this football team that includes the Darius Skelton and possibly another quarterback as well. Going to be interesting. I'm visiting with Brandon B.J. Jones of Inside HBCU uh, football. Any any other games? Uh, that you, you want, want to discuss and talk about. If not, we'll we'll just move ahead to uh, this week's uh, schedule in, in the conference because they they've got some some big games and and, and I tell you one, uh, Grambling State and Prairie View State Fair Classic. BJ, you're hearing all kinds of um, rumors, discussions, talk about a loss for Grambling State. Fans are happy. I'm hearing it could be a move made. Kind of, you know, Fobbs has, has, has done an outstanding job at Grandma State, but I guess it's what have you done for me lately? But mm-hmm. uh, Purview and Grandma State, I think Grandma State can play better, but, but I, I like Purview in, in, in this ball game, uh, especially from an offensive standpoint, and Grandma State lack of offense. And the defense is going to be on the field a long time, and then eventually knows what happened. But how how does Brandon B.J. Jones see it? I mean, this is rough, man. This one has all the storylines. I mean, you talk about Prairie View. Um, they play uh, better. Uh, Grambling defensively can play with anyone. 
Offensively, and it's on the offense, his highest output is 184 yards through three games. That's bad. That's, it's not good. They barely cracked 100 yards in total offense a week ago. Um, only three total first downs. Um, but that defense, uh, and that defense is going to have to play stellar for Grambling to have an opportunity. They're going to have to play solid defensively, solid in the special teams, maybe a kick return, punt return, maybe a block kick or punt. Or punt. Uh, to set up a short field. If they're not able to, if they're not able to do that, uh, Prairie View's gonna win this one. Um, Prairie View's gonna win this one. And now we're talking about four in a row, Carlos. We're talking about four in a row, Prairie View over Grambling. When has the last time that happened? And if that happens, it's not simply just because it's four in a row to Prairie View. It's who that four in a row is. It's the offensive coordinator. And when, when you went to the Celebration Bowl, when you were garnering all that success, he was the offensive coordinator. You remove him from the program. Now, Grambling State has gone uh, trophyless. No Bayou Classic trophy. No State Fair Classic trophy. No SWAT Championship trophy. People are going to start to ask a few questions uh, up there in northern Louisiana if, if they lose. They've already asked them the questions, but they're going to want some action uh, if Grambling loses this football game on the day. In other words, it sounds like you're saying the pressure is there. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Big time. So, Grammar State, Prairie View, and then 4 p.m. in Dallas. Delta State at Jackson State. You know, a few years ago, maybe four, five, six years ago, I remember Delta State defeating Jackson State. Now, Jackson State, um, from the outside looking in, I'm going to tell you, defensively, they have a juggernaut. Mm-hmm. And passing the ball as well. If, if they're able to be balanced and improve on the running game, very dangerous, dangerous team. With all that being said, I, I, I like Jackson State in the WC Garden Classic today. Yeah, I think Jackson State can get this one done. I think that this one will be close. The problem with Jackson State is this, 1.9. And Jackson State averages 1.9 yards per carry, which is the worst in the Southwestern Athletic Conference. Um, that offensive line, um, as far as running the football, run blocking, they ain't the best in the world. Um, they're not particularly great at pass blocking either. Shador Sanders has a little shape to him where he's able to move a little bit to the left, move a little bit to the right. He understands pocket presence and be able to escape pressure. Uh, but one thing about Delta State is this. They have one loss from the season. That one loss was a one-point loss to West Georgia. Delta State plays in the Gulf South Conference, which is, which is known in Division II football as the baby SEC. The national champion from Division II football usually comes out of this conference and you have a few contenders. This is the conference that, that produces Van Also State, West Florida, the reigning Division II national champion. Van Also State, Division II national champion before that. West Alabama, North Alabama came from that conference. This conference plays some great football. If you think that Jackson State is going to go out there and just drag Delta State from one end of the field to the other one, you might be in for a surprise. They're going to get a good football game. But I think at the end of the day, I think Jackson State pulls it out closer than some people may think or project, correct? Yeah, it's going to be closer than, than a lot of people think. And, and Jackson State better pull this one out. Uh, because if they don't, there's going to be a lot of questions. And there's going to be a lot of questions. I, I think today, let's see if uh, Jackson State improves on running the football. Wow, 1.9. That, that's literally non-existent. You're throwing 40 plus times a game. Let, mm-hmm. let, let, let's see if they're able to improve on on the running game for Jackson State. 
Um, elsewhere in the conference, Bethune Cookman at Alabama State. Boy, Bethune Cookman. Last time I saw them, they were fighting tooth and nails with Alabama A&M at Alabama State. BJ, I don't know. Bethune Cookman, tough, physical. Alabama State, hmm, still question mark to me. How do you see it? I think that this game um, is a statement game for both programs. Um, I, I think that for Bethune Cookman, if you want to stay in that race uh, in, in, the, in the Eastern Division, you got to win this one. And if you're Alabama State, you don't want to start off 0 1. Not with what the schedule has looming for you. Because if you lose today, if you're Alabama State, your next four FAMU, Jackson State, Arkansas Palm Bluff, Alabama AM, find another guaranteed win in there. You're talking about some weeks of, you're talking about some rough scaling. So for the Alabama State, you got to right the ship. Um, you got to get this one today at home. I think this one right here is going to be key. If you're Bethune Cookman, if you lose this one, you can go ahead and just start writing about 2022 uh, because this is almost over um, as far as the SWAT Conference uh, championship is concerned. So this game is going to be key. Uh, talk about coaches on the hot seat, Donahill Ely, Alabama State. You lose this one uh, with those next four that you have. You talk about people who will make a move midseason. Alabama State has shown they'll do that. Um, so th this is going to be key for both of those programs. I may have to – Yeah, he's not going to tell me much, but I'm going to have to call my friend Dr. Cable now, director of athletics at Alabama State. <laughs> BJ, he's, he, he's not going to tip his hand one way or the other. But, but to your point, they could be in serious trouble. And I think previously you talked about by October for some teams – It'll be a clear, clear picture that their path may just be really good for them, and particularly in the Eastern Division, i.e. Alabama A&M. Because if you get two, two or three losses, it's pretty much done, a done deal. Yeah. yeah. Elsewhere in the conference, Texas Southern at Rice, 5.30 p.m. ESPN Networks. By the way, Bethune Cookman in Alabama State, ESPN Plus. <sighs> It's just a tough situation at Texas Southern. And albeit they're playing up against Rice, it, 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 it's, it's going to be tough. And, you know, you're talking about hot seats with Ely Hill. I think it's another hot seat in Houston. Yeah. Uh, Texas Southern uh, winless has, has, has not won a game since, I think, 2018. Um, yeah, it's, it's rough there. And, you see the individual talent that they have there. Um, Jalen Brown, a quarterback. Um, you see the individual talent. It's just, just it's not enough. Um, not enough. And I think this might end up being another rough season uh, for the third Ward Tigers down there at uh, Texas Southern. Playing right, playing up. It has just been tough. And then last, we've kind of been talking about it a little bit already, but Sunday, 2 p.m., ESPN Plus. Mississippi Valley State host Southern University. Um, Southern, it's all about Southern. Corrected some things, but I, I think at the end of the day, after the gun is sounded, the clock strikes zero, BJ, Southern will win this, this football game. You know, I've, I've had people been texting me, they, they want a 50-piece, they want 40. I will just take a win and playing four quarters of football, mm -hmm. cutting down on mistakes, and 
just playing hard. Yeah. I'll take a win. If it's a one-point win, yeah, I'll take it, but I'll be disappointed. But, hey, you just got to come out and win the week. Yeah, I mean, if you're Southern, you go out here and take care of business. I don't get into the 50 and the 40 points and all of that. You just have to play a side football game for four quarters uh, on in all three phases. Discipline football. We're talking about two targeting penalties per week for Southern. That's discipline. Um, the personal foul and holding calls. That's discipline. Um, so playing discipline and solid football for four quarters, that's what I'm looking for. And that would be disappointing regardless, but it is it more disappointing because you basically have a team that's back from last year, two years ago, a, 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 a senior-laden ball club. Is it more disappointing because it just it seems like no one is stepping up from a leadership standpoint? We talked about coaching and making adjustments, but is it more – more so disappointing because this team has been together for a while. Yes, it's, it's very disappointing because you have guys who have been through the fire for the last three years. Um, you know, a lot of those guys who are starting have been started since 2018. Um, so there's just mistakes that you don't expect from veterans, uh, from a veteran-led uh, football team. Uh, there's just certain things I don't expect for you to do uh, when you're year three as a starter uh, as opposed to year number one. Um, so I think a lot of people are disappointed with that. And outside the conference, I want to get your thoughts. North Carolina A&T and North Carolina Central, a lot of smack, trash talking. I, I think, and North Carolina A&T, winless on the season, but I, I think they want to get into the win column. And what a way to do that against North Carolina Central, who's an improved team. But, BJ, I, I, I look for North Carolina A&T. My prediction is North Carolina A&T wins this ball game. You agree or disagree? Oh, I agree. I like North Carolina A&T to get this one. Uh, they're chomping at the bit. Uh, this is one of those robbery games uh, I was able to attend uh, back in uh, 2016 and 2017. It's one of the, the, the most intense robberies, uh, and, and not only black college football, but uh, in the nation. Uh, these two, uh, they hate each other. Uh, and, and they could be doing something that doesn't have anything to do with each other, and they're going to bring the other one up. Like, if you go to the Celebration Bowl, you've seen the weirdest NCCU sign. They hate each other that much. Uh, so this is going to be an interesting ball game. North Carolina Central got scared to death last week against Winston-Salem State. Um, probably looking ahead to this ball game. Uh, this ball game, uh, it, it means a lot uh, to the people in North Carolina, especially when uh, Winston-Salem, a and and Central all are playing each other. Um, I think that that's a big thing. Uh, it, it, I, I like to see it. Uh, Coach Bill Hayes will be in the building uh, to, to, today to see that one. But I, so much going on, but I like the Aggies uh, to pull it out. And I think they'll pull it out by about 14 points or more. Wow. You know, I, I, I've kind of been shy about predicting 14 plus the double digits. I've, I've, I've had some early predictions in the season. And, boy, egg in the face. But oh yeah, <laughs> you, you 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 you're the analyst, and you know we still can't live down, albeit it's still early. Hey, remember, um, Swag, a uh, media day, our yeah, for the East, yeah, yeah, in the conference. Yeah. Um, yeah, a, a, a couple of people have let me know about uh, my prediction skills, but hey, it's still early. Anything still early. Everything's still intact. Everything's still intact. Yeah. 
So, and, and, and at the end of the day, if those predictions are wrong, I'll come back and say, well, I was wrong. Moving on. I'm going to take a quick time out if I can. And we'll come back uh, and wrap up uh, this week's edition of the Coles Brown Show right here on the Black College Sports Network. We'll be right back. Brian Fulford, A.D. Drew and I are co-hosts of the BCSN Sports Wrap. We talk about all things related to HBCU athletics. From the games, teams, coaches, and fan interest stories, we cover it all. You can find our shows on Facebook at BCSN Sports Wrap, YouTube at MyJBN Online, and everywhere you listen to podcasts like Anchor, Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. You can also find the show on the Jericho Broadcast Network's app. Make sure to download. We look forward to you joining the conversation and being a part of the show. Since 2002, Empowerment Resources, Inc., a nonprofit organization, has empowered more than 1,500 youth and adults in Duval and surrounding counties. Through its programs, Journey into Womanhood, Girls Mentoring, Life Skills for Teens, and Parenting Education Coaching. To get involved with programs, volunteer, or donate, visit www.empowermentresourcesinc.org. Follow us on social media, facebook.com forward slash empowerment.resources and instagram.com forward slash empowermentjax. Welcome back to this final segment of the Carlos Brown Show. Now we're going to be joined by Charles Edmund via the phone. Um, boy, Wi-Fi is important, Charles, but uh, sometimes you got to make adjustments. So welcome back, Charles. I appreciate it. And uh, yes, you are right. Wi-Fi is uh, Wi-Fi. It's, it's, it's consistently inconsistent a lot of the time, but there are other options. So here we are. Well, um, my Last guest, Brandon B.J. Jones, we were talking about the uh, upcoming games for the day schedule. So I'll give uh, you this opportunity to um, uh, talk about the games for Saturday, September 25th. Delta State and Jackson State, a uh, huge matchup. B.J. says, let's don't sleep on uh, Delta State. I know, you know four or five, six years ago, Delta State defeated Jackson State. And, and Charles, he also said something. Um, and we start looking at the statistics a little bit more closely. Jackson State averaging 1.9 yards on the ground, basically one-dimensional, but defensive. They they've been getting it done. What do you think about this ball game today? Well, I mean, if, if what we talked about in that last hour about teams' inability and ability to run the football—that's that's key. Southern struggling to run the football. The Braves struggled to run the football in the first half, did it in the second half, and they were able to to open things up and win the game. Jackson State offensively, you know, with you still got Shadur Sanders. It's still a learning process for him. And, yeah, their defense is playing lights out, but they got to score some points. Uh, for Delta State, this is their Super Bowl, if you will. This is one of those games that we talked about in the last hour, the recruiting ground, the fertile recruiting ground in the state of Mississippi. Delta State's in Cleveland, Mississippi, located in the Delta of Mississippi. They're trying to get the same players. Even though Jackson State's got a bunch of FBS players from the transfer portal, you still want to do some damage in state. And this is one of those games, if you win that game, you have a little bit of a recruiting edge. If you lose this game, you lose a little bit of an edge, even though a team like Delta State in D2, in which they were good once upon a time many years ago. 
I think Jackson State, it's about the Jimmys and Joes. I think Jackson State has more talent. And I think Jackson State should win the game. They'll be flying around. It's their first home game. I'm going with Jackson State, albeit if they play around with it, as, as I hear on the street all the time, if you play around with it and let Delta State hang around and they make a play or two, they could win the game at Veterans Memorial Stadium. But I'm going with Jackson State. Touchdown for Jackson State. Alabama A&M and Tuskegee. Tuskegee, boy, uh, I can say this. Not the Tuskegee that you're accustomed to seeing. Alabama A&M down in Mobile, Alabama. I think Alabama A&M rolls in this in this football game, and I, I think they will be able to take Tuskegee out early. Yep. It, no, no one has been able to slow down A&M yet. It's been going on two years now, and uh, I have not seen it yet, albeit we've talked about it. It could catch up with them at some point. If their defense doesn't get stopped, then their offense might be a little bit off certain games, but I don't see it happening today. Uh, based on what I saw with Tuskegee and uh, Fort Valley, I have no reason to believe that Alabama A&M will struggle in this game. So I'm going with A&M. Both in agreement on that. Grambling State and Prairie View. And, and I, I stated in the last segment that Grambling State alum, fans, supporters, they're not in a good mood. And I believe Prairie View will win today's ball game. And then you're talking about a multiple game losing streak. Is Coach Fogg in trouble? Um, based on what I'm hearing, these next three games are critical, are going to be make or break. You got Preview today. In a couple of weeks, they come to Alcorn. These next three games, two to three games, are going to be important for Project Fogg. Now, I'm going to step back and say you can't base it based on. Houston and uh, the Grambling played uh, Houston and Southern Miss. You can't base it on that a, a lot, but they've been shut out the last two weeks. That offense has got to get going. Yes, it's fairly new. Yes, you still have growing pains, but you got to score some points. And right now, the, the talk at Grambling and Tigerland is uh, play the kid Biden from New York. He's one of the best quarterback in the city of New York uh, coming out. And uh, it may be time to throw him out there and see what he can do. Um, I, I'm going to go with preview in this game. As much as I hate to say that because Graham is my alma mater, I, I, this offense has struggled. And if they continue to struggle, and we know Dooley can put points on the board, uh, Preview's going to win this game. Yeah, I got Preview winning as well. But Bethune Cookman at Alabama State, Texas Southern at Rice. Uh, but Bill Cookman, they've had a, a rough start. You know, in the first week, uh, everybody was singing their praise, uh, playing with, within 10 points and playing up against Texas El Paso. Then they played up again the second week and got, got blown out. And then against um, Alabama and them, they were able to come within three points. Does Bethune Cookman have enough? to challenge Alabama State, another loss, and they're 0-2 and two in conference play in the, in, in the Eastern Division. Um, <clears throat> I'm, I'm going to take – I'm going to take Bethune-Cookman in this one. I'm going with the road team. I think they, 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 they pull it out, their physicality, both offensive and defensive, I think it will wear Alabama State down. I think you may disagree on this one, Charles. 
I'm, you know what? This this is probably more of a toss up uh, for me. Uh, Bama State. I think they got to get that offense going. I think defensively they're fine. Um, they're playing. They're playing at Hornet Stadium, correct? Yeah. Or is it in Daytona? No, it's, it's in Montgomery. It's in Montgomery. I'm going with Bama State. Um, if this game were in Daytona, I would go with Bethune Cookman in this game. Um, I, I I think Bama State plays well at home, well enough. You know, they beat Jackson in the spring. Uh, they seem to get up. I'm I'm going with Bama State in this game only because they're playing at home and they play better at home. Texas Southern at Rice playing up. It's been tough for Texas Southern. Rice wins this football game. Uh, yes, definitely. Uh, Texas Southern has definitely struggled. You know, you got to feel for Coach McKinney. Uh, he just can't seem to get it off the ground, you know. And how long does uh, uh, Kevin Granger, the AD, and the, and the supporters and boosters there give uh, give McKinney time? Right now, you know, it's it's tough. It's tough sledding. I'm I'll go with Rice in this game, even though Rice, you know, I look at Rice kind of in the same vein. You look at New Mexico State and Texas El Paso. If Texas Southern shows up and does something and push Rice a little bit. You know, it could be it could be an interesting game, but I don't see that happening either. I'm going with Rice in this game. I'm pulling for TSU, but the reality is, I think Rice will probably win this game big. Because if Texas Southern comes close, we'll say it that way. If if they come close within 15 or 20 points, I'm going on the hunger strike. <laughs> That's how confident. I think Rice will will, will will take care of business. But, hey, anything can, anything can happen. Last but not least, Southern at Mississippi Valley State playing in Jackson. I wonder if the Jackson State fans will come just to not necessarily scout, but pull for Mississippi Valley State. No, I'm probably reaching on that one. But um, I got Southern winning this ballgame tomorrow. It's all about Southern. Cut down on the mistakes, penalties, and play a complete ball game. I'm looking to see them start and finish tomorrow. Southern wins tomorrow. Um, yeah, I got Southern winning the game. I mean, first and foremost, my prediction: Southern. But there's some asterisks behind it. You know, they've got to find a quarterback. You know, they they've got to find a guy and stick with the guy. This this two headed system just doesn't work at the end of the day, long term. Is it going to be Skelton or is it going to be McDaniel? If you keep flip-flopping quarterbacks, and we've seen it just doesn't work at the end of the day. Whoever steps up and takes that job, you know, I, 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 I'm a Skelton guy, so I just like his athleticism. But if McDaniels is the guy, and he gave us trouble when we saw him just being in the pocket and making some things happen. So, But whoever steps up and takes that job, take it. But playing two quarterbacks, three quarterbacks, it just doesn't work. So we'll see if someone steps up and takes that job. But just man for man, pound for pound, offense, defense, special teams, I think Southern has the better team, albeit Valley's going to be fired up. Coach Dancy says it starts and stops with him. I think Valley will be fired up playing in Jackson, but I think Southern's the better team, and Southern will win the game. Southern, come out, hit them in the mouth right off the bat. Let them know we're here and we're ready. And I'll make a prediction. If Skelton is 100%, why not play both at the same time? Play him like a Taysom Hill. That's what I'm looking <laughs> for. 
Well, on that note, Charles, we're going to leave out a little bit early on today's show, the pregame show coming up next, live from Jackson, Mississippi. want to thank the following people. Roy Evans, I just simply call him producer emeritus, producer extraordinaire. want to thank Charles Edmonds for co-hosting. Also, want to thank Coach Van Petaway and B.J. Jones. And for each and every one of you who participated and watched today's show, remember, subscribe, like, and share. Black College Sports Network, the Coles Brown Show, and all of the shows on the network. We appreciate the support. Until next Saturday at 10 a.m. Central Standard Time for another Coles Brown Show right here on the Black College Sports Network. Until that time, peace and God bless. Thank you.